0: Sitting out in my backyard, you can probably hear the wind in the trees. You are about to enjoy a wonderful episode of the podcast for the universe. So, energieslovepodcast.com, easiest way to find us, easiest way to follow us, easiest way to find all the links where you can download and listen, and subscribe and follow and share. Sharing is caring, right? So, remember to share the podcast with somebody, tell somebody else about the podcast so that they can tune in and listen. And reap the benefits and the rewards of all the wonderful guests that we have come on the show. <laughs> yeah, lovepodcast.com. Go follow it. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Refinery Barbershop. Uh, I'm sure at this point you've heard me talk about the Refinery Barbershop. If you haven't, you're welcome. The Refinery Barbershop is located in Springville, Utah. It's a wonderful barbershop that harkens back to the days where like, you could get a legitimate man's haircut. None of this great clips, uh, strip mall bullshit. This is like straight up, get your hair cut professionally by a barber, get your beard trimmed, get your face shaved. It's like the real old school straight razor stuff too. It's incredibly wonderful and amazing space. So go follow them on Facebook. Go follow them on, and they're on Instagram as well, right? Go to their website. The easiest way, if you want, you can go to our website and click on the sponsors link, and you'll find the refinery barbershop there. But by all means, if you are in need of a haircut and you live here locally, even if you don't, maybe you're one of our listeners in Australia. And if you're listening in Australia, plan your trip to the United States and swing by the refinery barbershop to get your haircut. Show them some love. On today's episode, I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Jocelyn Kaufman. So, I don't know how many people are aware of this. If you've listened to the podcast, you've probably heard me talk about it, but you have to be like a way long time listener of the podcast to know that I am definitely 100% into MMA and jujitsu and fighting. A long time ago, back in the day, I actually did fight. Um, I had a couple of fights. I trained in jujitsu for a really long time. It's something that I really love. It's something that I, uh, I say I'm passionate about it, but I don't know how passionate about it I am at this point in my life. I love it. I miss it. I need to train more in jujitsu. So every now and then we have episodes based around that because I'm into that kind of stuff. And Jocelyn is an up-and-coming fighter. She's 23 years old. She grew up playing softball in high school. She went to college on a softball scholarship. She played professionally over in Europe, I think. I don't remember. She mentions it in the episode, but that was her background and... She tells this story about how she got into fighting. It's kind of funny. It's kind of a cool little story. And now she's training professionally to fight in the cage to be an MMA fighter. So it's a fun episode. You get to learn a lot about Jocelyn, obviously. We get to learn a little bit more about fighting if you're not familiar with it, what it takes to be a fighter, the struggles, um, the challenges that they face, all the cross-training that you have to do because... I don't know if people are aware of the fact that it's not just stepping into the ring or into the cage and beating the shit out of your opponent. There's a lot that goes into becoming a fighter, and it's it's a legit sport, man. If you're not into it, I highly recommend it. It's not what you would think it is. First off, I apologize for the wind. I am outside recording in my wonderful backyard, but it's a fun episode. You can go follow Jocelyn uh, through her social media platforms. We've got links in the show notes, but she's on Instagram on Facebook, it's just Josie J MMA, that's her fight name, Josie J, so you guys get to sit back and relax and enjoy, like I said, it's a fun little episode, learn a little bit about this awesome kick-ass chick and fighting in general, so thank you Jocelyn for coming on the podcast, I appreciate it, and now everybody sit back and relax and turn it up, not too loud though, here we go. You're listening to the Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is the Love podcast energy is love podcast energy is love the energy is love podcast the podcast for the universe the energy is love podcast i don't know i just like it do you yeah. know what I mean you get the yeah. birds in the background every now and then you get like a lawnmower that kicks on but it's definitely uh it's definitely not the end of the world so how are you
1: i'm good how are you yeah.
0: do you have any questions before we get started
1: uh no not that i could think of
0: are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Are you a little nervous?
1: Uh, I don't know. Not really. Not too bad. Uh. Uh-uh.
0: Well, we started. So, if you had questions, you're screwed because it already started. <laughs> um, what do you go by?
1: Um, Jossie J is my fight name. Yeah. But I mean, my actual name is Jocelyn.
0: Well, what do you want me to call you?
1: Uh, you can call me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Jocelyn.
0: Jocelyn? Yeah. And then what's your last name, Jocelyn? Kaufman. Kaufman? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming out. I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Of course.
0: It's the... Oh, let's see if I can't make too much noise with my drink. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the podcast recently, but we've since... Because uh, we went on this nice big long hiatus and I tried to make it sound like it's something uh, and the reality was it was just busy as hell And didn't have a chance to record. But since we started recording again and putting out new episodes, I ask everybody the same question right off the bat. And it's kind of a shitty question to start an interview with, but there's a reason for it. All right. And the question that I ask everybody is what uh, form of mental illness do you suffer from? Or what kind of mental imbalance or struggle? And I'll kind of give you a little bit of a backstory in a sense. I think that. The reason I ask everybody that question is I want to uh, do the best that I can in the small little way that I can to kind of remove the stigma surrounding mental health and mental illness because I think that everybody in one way, shape, or form suffers from something. And it's just a huge spectrum. You know, one end of it is is like I'm a little depressed from time to time, and the other end of it, it's like I'm batshit crazy and hear voices and I'm completely schizophrenic. (laughs) But I think everybody falls on that spectrum. And so I ask everybody that question because I want it to be something that people get comfortable talking about, something that people get comfortable, you know, hearing about and just completely remove the whole stigma around what it is to have some sort of mental illness. And I think illness is even a shitty way to describe it. I think it's just, what do you struggle with when it comes to kind of your own mental balance and well-being?
1: Yeah, I would say um, I have a really addictive personality, so... Um, I have to really be careful of different things I am spending my time doing because I do, um, feel that need to constantly be improving in something. And I mean, it could go the other way if I were to be addicted to drugs or anything. So that's what I would say. Would so be So maybe, my...
0: maybe some OCD Yeah, where you get real focused on stuff and yeah. you can't think of anything else yeah. and. Has there been times when it has been stuff that isn't so healthy and beneficial?
1: Um, not necessarily. I think my whole life I've always been concentrated on something uh, enough to where it kind of keeps me away from something negative. But yeah. um, I know that it's a possibility.
0: It's a slippery slope yeah. sometimes, huh? Yeah. Is there anything else, like anything else that you can kind of think of? Like I said, I think we all have some form. Yeah, yeah. In one way, shape, or form. One way, some form <laughs> in one way, shape, or form. Not really?
1: Not that I can think of. Well, that's not bad no. then.
0: You're doing well. <laughs> doing far better than I think a lot of society. So, give everybody a little bit of a... Because I want to learn about your story a little bit. I want to get into why you fight now and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, where did you grow up?
1: So, I actually grew up in Twilla, Utah. Um Grew up playing softball. I played since I was five years old. I always wanted to play in college. Um, I got a scholarship, full ride to University of Providence to go play in college. And did that for four years. Then I had the opportunity to go play professionally in Sweden for softball. And so I went and did that for a summer. And then um, my the college I went to for softball, they say... They have an alumni event where alumni fight amateur boxers, and I was convinced to do it.
0: <laughs> so you got tucked into it?
1: Yeah. Um, it was kind of a joke at first because my I was an assistant coach at the college at the time.
0: What college was it again, you said?
1: University of Providence. And my my coach told me, uh, you know, you should do this boxing match. I was like, you know, maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> talk to me about it more and then we'll see, you know, I have to be convinced. And then all of a sudden she just called the guy and signed me up right away. So
0: it's a big leap from softball to boxing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I was just going to be a one and done. I was like, okay, whatever. I'll cross it off my bucket list. And, um, had you ever done I,
0: anything like that before any sort no, of fighting or anything like that? No,
1: nope. Never been in a fight. I don't <laughs> think I ever would <laughs> if it wasn't saying, if it wasn't sanctioned, but no, I was, uh, Kind of just like why not you know i always i'm not afraid to try new things and um i went down to this gym it was team wolf pack and um they worked with me every single day and then the fight came and i just fell in love with it and then i remember after the fight one of my coaches sean Ibsen, he um told me like you better keep coming i can make one heck of a fighter out of you so I think that kind of is where I made that, like, commitment to the sport at, yeah. in that moment. And then I just kept going at it.
0: So you trained a little bit before the, because uh, it was just the amateur thing, right?
1: Yeah. So when I do something, I don't want to be bad at it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't just want to show so, up the boarding of.
1: Yeah. So uh, I signed up, well, my coach signed me up. It wasn't really my choice a month before. And I went down every single day. Um, worked my butt off. I wanted, I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of everyone and I wanted to do good. And so, yeah, I mean, anything I do, I really make sure I'm prepared. Um, But even then, I think up until that moment, I didn't know if it was what I, if I was going to keep doing it. And then I just fell in love with it.
0: How did the fight go?
1: It went good. It went good. Um, I actually had to face a teammate which was really it was a weird situation but no it was good and then a month later I actually had another fight and then I moved uh back to Twilla and I was super upset
0: so
1: <laughs> I finally you know found a sport that I can love and now I can't do it anymore because I have to move back because I got a coaching job at Stansbury for softball and then moving back I uh asked my sister to keep an eye out for MMA gyms around the area and she ran into one of the girls that goes to Twilla Martial Arts Academy and I gave Keith a call <laughs> and um, went down there the next day and just kept kept on the journey.
0: So what, what, what was it you think that you kind of appealed to you? Because I mean, like I said, it's a big leap to go from softball to boxing. It's one thing if you kind of grew up scrapping or, you know, you had something growing up. Or, but what appealed to you in that moment, like when you stepped into the ring the first time and started getting punched in the face?
1: <laughs> well, softball's a team sport. Mm-hmm. Um, bo- uh, boxing, MMA, jiu-jitsu, all of that. It's all individual in a sense. You have your team training with you. And I think I like, um, I love being on a team sport. Don't get me wrong but, uh, I've always been the hardest worker on my team. And so to know that that is the only thing that's holding me back in this sport is really nice. Um, and then I also like how short it is. (laughs) Like you don't have to keep an attention span for a two hour game. (laughs) It's like, okay, five minute rounds, you know, and, um, then 15 minutes and you're done. It's, uh, Kind of like an adrenaline rush, I would say.
0: I think it's a huge adrenaline yeah. rush. Is that appeal to you as well? Like, do you have other things that you're... Because I think fighters in general, you know, I think that's definitely the aspect of it that appeals to them is that, that living in that space where you're kind of on the edge because it's not a normal thing, right? You have to face down so many different fears and all sorts of different stuff to kind yeah. of get into that ring and, you know, yeah. risk the fact that at any point you could get hurt, you could get knocked out, you could get, you know, all the kind of different factors.
1: So that's what's kind of funny about me is I don't really – I'm afraid to get hurt. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll go snowboarding and uh, with my friends, and they'll just be going super fast, and I'm taking my time. I don't want to fall. Um, And I'm like that with everything. I don't really put myself in situations to where I'm going to get hurt, and that's where it's so weird that I'm so into MMA because – I don't know. I don't like, that's one of my, I would never say I want to get punched in the face, but it really doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it looks worse. Like if you're watching a fight and especially one of your teammates or something, they get hit, you're like, Oh, but then if it's you, I think like you're hard tracing, you don't even feel it.
0: Was that kind of one of the biggest things that you, you know, going into that first fight, you kind of didn't realize, or what did you expect that was different that ended up being different?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'd sparred up until then, and um, sparring with guys is, you know, you're getting hit probably a lot harder than you would against a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of knew what I was going to expect. Uh, it was a lot longer than I would expect. Uh, I, there were one minute rounds, that first one, and it felt like they were like six minute rounds just because everything just slowed down and.
0: Yeah, it takes forever. I think that was
1: the biggest thing. I was like, whoa.
0: Feels like you're in the ring for a long, long time. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say same with, like, jiu-jitsu tournaments because I've done a couple jiu-jitsu tournaments. And um, at practice, we'll roll for five-minute rounds and just keep going for the whole hour. And then you face one girl for five minutes, and it seems like it's an hour long. (laughs) but.
0: So now that you're training... uh, because you've branched out, right? You're not just focused necessarily in boxing yeah. anymore, but you're going to, you're training for a complete MMA. Yeah. Right. For
1: a cage fight.
0: Yeah. Have you done one yet?
1: Um, no, but I'm supposed to be doing one uh, August 3rd out here in Salt Lake through Still Fist. Um, still trying to find an opponent. We're like nine weeks out, so uh, there's still hope.
0: You'll but find somebody.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'm training all of it. Um, I really like jujitsu. jitsu. And I really like the aspect, the whole uh, MMA aspect, combining everything together.
0: What do you like about jiu-jitsu?
1: Um, I like the self-defense uh, aspect of it. I like uh, the fact that you don't always have to get hit in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I would say training-wise, training for MMA is way better because you're not constantly with a headache.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but...
0: Don't you think it's, I think, uh, cause I've trained in jiu-jitsu for a really long time mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm lazy now, so I don't do <laughs> as much as I'd like to. But back when I was, I don't remember how old I was. It was in my twenties and I trained for a long time, like five or six years yeah. real heavily. And, um, I always used to think like, it's the absolute most best form of self-defense. And I think it's massively important for women as well, because. At the end of the day, like you can get super skilled at jujitsu and it has almost nothing to do with your size, right? Yeah. I mean, granted, you could find a bohemoth and be attacked by somebody that's huge and you're <laughs> gonna struggle regardless. But yeah, uh, the fact is, like, the, the skill set that you can build in jiu jitsu is so practical when it comes to dealing with people that are bigger than you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I fell in love with it right away. It's something before I moved out here I didn't really do a lot of. So I've been doing jujitsu since January. Um, but yeah, and our gym is so good, uh, constantly going against higher belts and getting smashed and getting destroyed. And then I go to tournaments and I just destroy other people because I'm so not used, not used to have being so much stronger than someone or, um,
0: I think that's the way to train. Like if you train with people that are better than you. Yeah. Like it's always going to raise that bar up for you where you just continually strive yeah. to get better and better and better. For
1: sure, yeah. My coach always says, still sharpen, still."
0: <laughs> what else? Like what else do you train in? Um, obviously so, the standard stuff. Yeah, but...
1: kickboxing, uh, wrestling, like takedowns. I've been doing a lot of that recently because uh, my takedown game was really weak for a little bit. <laughs> and then um, boxing, obviously, And then jiu-jitsu. And then just combining it all, we started a fight camp uh, two weeks ago. So uh, every night, Monday through Friday at 8, we're kind of combining everything and going over essential stuff like cage work and all that stuff to get. There's so
0: much to to learn, isn't there? Oh, yeah.
1: It's never-ending. And that's another thing that's very appealing about all aspects of the sport. It's never-ending. Like with jiu-jitsu, there's always a new move you can learn. There's always a different defense you can do. So I think that's really cool too. It's um, with softball. It was like, hey, this is how you swing, and this, and yeah, you need to work to perfect it. But this is like, there's always something new to learn. And I feel like even if I um, practice every single day for 10 years, there there will still be, you know, more to learn. So
0: oh, for sure. I think the sport itself is ever evolving, right? Yeah. I think about back when I started because <clears throat> I fought a couple of times back during that time period where I was training a lot. And I look at those fights and I look at that time period and, you know, what was happening in the sport and things like that. And then you look at it today, especially on the massive, you know, professional level and yeah. watch UFC and stuff like that. And it's completely different. Oh yeah. Like it's a completely different sport. <clears throat> so do you have that big vision, that big goal, that, that thing you're going to be chasing now for the next several years?
1: Yeah. Um, I think obviously starting with this first cage fight, I My goal is to be a big name in the sport. Um, not only just to be a big name, but I feel like I could have a greater influence on like young girls. And um, I'm getting my master's right now. And so I think just being educated and going far in the sport, too, I think it would show a lot of young girls, too. Like, hey, you don't have to just uh, try to get in fights, you know. It's, they can look at it more of a sport because I feel like a lot of people villainize the sport um as like oh if you do mma then you're gonna get in bar fights and so i think um i'm like the perfect example (laughs) i would would never ever get in a bar fight or uh try to pick a fight i mean obviously self-defense is one thing but um yeah it's the sport and i think and that's kind of a big reason why i want to go as big and i think it's something i can be great at and
0: are you just going to focus now on mma
1: yeah as of now i uh took a boxing match a a month ago and uh i i'm comfortable boxing i think i would take one you know any any second but mma i think uh is a lot bigger and i like the i like jiu-jitsu i like all the different aspects to it i think i'll Depending on how this fight goes. I'll probably keep taking boxing matches here and there, but focus on MMA.
0: I think it's good to cross-train, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing because you're going to need all of that skill set. Mm-hmm. That's the cool thing is it does incorporate so many different things. Yeah. What is the, um <clears throat> when you think about, like, the influence and the change that you've seen in yourself, maybe, like, what is, do you know what I mean? Has it affected your confidence level? Has it affected the way that you kind of see yourself or kind of move throughout your life now because you have this thing that you're doing? And Because it, it really does kind of slowly, I think, over time start to change your uh, like your brain <laughs> in yeah. the way you see things, right?
1: Um, I could tell you that since I've started training, I'll like put myself in more dangerous situations. Like I'll walk through a dark alley alone because I feel <laughs> like I'm a weapon. <laughs> I probably shouldn't still do that because someone might have an actual weapon, <laughs> Yeah. but, <laughs> um, I don't know. I've always been, uh, before this, it was softball and I was always dedicated to softball and, um, training. I always made sure I was working harder than everyone. And if practice started at four, I was there at three practice ended at six. I was there until seven. Um, and I'm the same way with this sport. I, uh, even though it's an individual sport, I still want to know that I'm doing everything I can to be the best that I can. And I'm uh, really taking in all the, all the help that I can get. I mean, someone can come into the gym for the first day. And if they give me advice, well, I'm going to listen to it. And I'm going to see what I can do to apply it. But, I mean, other than I probably shouldn't be putting myself in more dangerous situations. But I do feel a lot more confident about uh, if someone were to try to attack me or something i feel like i could handle it um unless they you know jujitsu, then i'm screwed <laughs> yeah unless they're a black belt
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't you think it changes too like because um, i think that it, and it's not just with fighting and mma and things like that but when you do really hard things in life i think it changes your perspective where do you know I mean things that you may have struggled with in the past or things that may have frightened you in some way shape or form they, they just seem so silly now, right? Like, yeah. look, I've already done this and I know that I can survive this, I can excel at this, I can move through this other thing. I don't know why I'm now so focused and you know what I mean? Yeah. Afraid of, I mean, it's anything like public speaking or, mm-hmm. or coming on a podcast or even just like generic stuff of like not wanting to confront somebody. You know, you go to a restaurant and they give you the wrong order or something yeah. like that. And yeah. a lot of people would just kind of, it's okay, it's not a big deal, I'll eat this, you know. Instead of like, actually,
1: like I train MMA, bring me the right. Thing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> but it does change that a little bit. Right. Don't you think?
1: Uh, I would say a little bit, but, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like since I've been training MMA, I don't feel like I'm a meaner, like not that it's, you're saying it's a meaner person, but I think I still always try to look at the positive side of things and, um, in people and in like different situations But when I'm at practice and I'm like, everyone always says she has an on and an off switch. Like it's either 100% or I'm totally just letting you, uh, just being easy. But yeah, at practice, it's completely different. I'm, and at first I was very timid at practice. Um, but outside of practice, I would say I'm the same, I would say I'm the same person. Uh,
0: yeah. Do you think... Cause I think you have to have, and it's not that you have to be an asshole or that you have to be mean or (laughs) do you know what I mean? You don't have to be a dick to fight MMA, but I think you definitely have to have some like a, like a switch you say, like that point where you kind of something clicks in your brain and you're like, Oh, it's time to kill somebody. Like it's time, especially when it comes to fighting in, in the moment, right. When you're actually in a, in a fight. Yeah. Do you think you have that? Like, do you feel that happen or do you think that that just happens kind of subconsciously?
1: I would say subconsciously I, I know that uh, I definitely know when girls are do, like are, have that switch I'm like it scares me honestly <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of settle in um, my last boxing match uh, at the role meeting the girl super she was so confident she just like hit me on the shoulder and it's like hey thanks for the fight and she just sounded so confident. And I, like, was so nervous. And I don't know why I was as nervous as I was. And then, like, the first round, I was so timid. Like, uh, and then after, I was like, did I lose that round? <laughs> I was like, and he was like, no, I think you won it. And then um, the second round, I came out, and I saw how tired she was. And then that, that flip you're talking about, I switched. And I was like, oh, okay, I got this. And I just started unloading on her. Um, But that's the first time I really felt that flip switch. Um, But I think after going through that and realizing, like, hey, I can get through this. I can get through all these nerves. um, And I don't think it'll happen again, which I'm, you know, hoping for. Hopefully, yeah. But with jiu-jitsu, I would say I don't really have that in the tournaments I've done. I mean, as soon as I've grabbed onto the girls, I realized how much stronger I was than them, and it, I just wanted to stay calm. So I think there's definitely a balance that you need, and that's what I hope to bring into my MMA match—is kind of that balance. I don't want to—I don't want to be nervous, but I also want to uh, just be confident and yeah. stay calm, and um, yeah.
0: So if we look at a fighter, right, if we look at somebody that's going to be training in MMA, which you are, and you look at somebody that's going to be fighting in the cage and all these different things, I think, and obviously this is my own personal opinion, but, you know, you can back it up with all sorts of different people that are (laughs) legitimately in the business of fighting but i think there's so many different aspects right it's not just going to the gym and training yeah uh, mma and cross training with muay thai and boxing and all these different things but you have your strength training you have your cardio you have all of these different physical trainings that you have to do but then i think you have to take into consideration uh diet and do you know what i mean all these other because it's the whole package right yeah any area that you kind of slack off on. Eventually that's going to catch up to you Mm -hmm. in the ring, I think. And so what else are you doing in that space? What else do you do to kind of balance all those different areas that you kind of have to, have to balance?
1: Yeah. So luckily I'm actually getting my master's in exercise science and sports nutrition. (laughs) So, um, I'm kind of an expert in that, in that field. I really make sure I'm eating healthy. I make sure I'm eating enough. Um, I, if I, I, feel down if my energy stores are really low then i know it's probably something that i didn't eat and so i really make sure i'm doing that um strength and conditioning uh through fight camp we're doing it through get fit with ty twice a week and i'm doing it once on my own um just to make sure that i'm really gonna go in there as strong as i can and um i would say like massage and some uh Taking care of your body, stretching is super important. And that's not really something I've been doing until this last, like, three weeks. I've been probably spending one to two hours a day rolling out and stretching. Yeah. So, and I feel a huge difference. Um, And that's something uh, my coach, Keith Asbury, is always saying, like, you need to take care of your body. Uh, And so him constantly reminded me, like, yes, I need to stretch. And
0: are you um, doing yoga or anything like that.
1: I do like by myself with when I'm stretching and warming up and, uh, I implement it there, especially cause balance is really important in oh, the sport yeah. as well. So just make sure I incorporate everything possible. <laughs> um, want to give myself the best opportunity to succeed.
0: And then what else are, uh, do you care if I smoke? No, I'll blow it this way so it doesn't <laughs> blow on you. But, um, what are you doing for your mind? Like that's one thing that I think a lot of times people skip, yeah, right, so, we get too focused on all the other areas.
1: Yeah, um, through when I played softball, something I would always do is visual visu- visualization training. Um, I would lay in bed the night before a game and kind of uh, imagine the pitcher and imagine batting. Um, so I do that with this sport too. It's something I learned playing softball. and. I do that even when I'm shadow boxing, I'm visualizing the, my opponent the whole time. Um, I definitely take at least like 10 minutes a day to just lay down, uh, control my breathing and visualize different things that will happen, especially getting closer to a fight or a tournament. And I feel like then when it happens in that tournament or in that fight, then I'm like, okay, I mentally have already been here. (laughs) So then I'm good.
0: Do you ever, do you ever, um, practice meditation?
1: I mean, I think that's a form of meditation, For but I don't, uh, not like the typical, like, "Hmm." (laughs) (laughs) I don't do that, but I I think it would be cool. I just haven't really, uh, took time to do it.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. I think visualization and taking that time to, like you said, described it perfectly. I think that's massively important Uh and it's definitely a form of meditation but i think that you know like anything else you can definitely expand upon that and it's going to help you i think in the long run with your yeah. the mental game right yeah because it's sure. so i think at the end of the day you can train physically you can do all these different things but then like you see fighters that they they get beat mentally right mm-hmm. you get to that point in a really long match or whatever the case may be where you quit mentally yeah and we forget how strong our bodies are and how much we can actually do. Right. I always have this mantra. I'd tell myself that all the time, regardless of, cause I don't fight anymore. I don't even really train in jujitsu as much as I'd like to, but with everything, it's like, I'm stronger than I think I am. Mm-hmm. Like you have to remind yourself, like, Oh, I can do way more, you know, whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. Physically, I can push myself harder than I think I can. And I can get to that point where I feel like I'm breaking, but yet yeah, go even a little bit further. Yeah. And I think when you have that mental fortitude and that strength, and the knowingness inside, right? Then that's going to give you the edge over the person yeah. that maybe hasn't done that, hasn't taken the time to do that.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So, what else do you like to do? Because <laughs> <I laughs> fighting's not everything.
1: No, um, I just got a job and I'm going to be a health and PE teacher this upcoming fall. I coach softball. Uh, I also play the guitar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How long have you played the guitar?
1: About five years. Yeah.
0: You got to find some more creative outlets. I
1: know. <laughs> Everyone always says, I'm not surprised you're doing this. Because I, uh, I really, I always am finding new challenges. I uh, have a bucket list I'm going to complete. and um, But... I mean, at first it really was just a bucket list that I was going to do it and I, it took me by surprise and I was like, oh wow, I really want to do this every day and go far in this and hopefully make a career, career out of it.
0: You said earlier that it doesn't hurt to get punched. <laughs> like tell people what that, do you know what I mean? Because there's a huge portion of society out there that has no <laughs> idea what it feels like to get punched in the face. So what does it feel like?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, if someone punches you by surprise just walking down the street, that's probably going to (laughs) hurt. But but, uh, when you step into the ring, I mean, you already know you're going to get hit. And it really doesn't, your adrenaline's going, and it almost just, I don't know, like sometimes you hear a little buzz, but it doesn't hurt. And uh, that's kind of where one of my downfalls, too, because I don't really mind getting punched in the face, so... I don't really slip as many punches as I should because I'll take a few to get inside and uh, throw some body shots. But I definitely need to get better at that because that's uh, I could lose a fight if I get punched too much. Yeah.
0: I remember because I only had two fights back in the day. In the second fight that I had, (coughs) I lost. The first guy I knocked out, but the second fight I lost in the second round, uh, the ref stopped it because he had me on my back. And he had one of my arms pinned down with his hand and the other arm he was kneeling on. Mm-hmm. And so then he had one hand left open to just sit there and drop bombs on my face. And I remember laying there getting punched in the face and it's super slow. Like it doesn't feel like it yeah. happens as fast as, you know, it visually looks like if you're watching it. And I remember feeling them like hit my face and it just felt like it was kind of smushing my face and kind of very weird. Like it doesn't feel like you would think it would. And I could hear everything. I could hear the ref, like, you know, telling me that I needed to move. I needed to do something. And you you couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, it's okay. Like, you'll (laughs) stop the fight eventually. (laughs) But it was so, it was so bizarre, but it gave me, um, it also, I mean, it sucked, right? Nobody likes to fucking lose. It was terrible. It pissed me off. And, you know, you always think back of what you could have done differently and how you would have done this, that, or the other. But one of the things that I took away from it was how nice it was to realize that, I could take a punch, you know, up to that point, whether it was in sparring or other little things like that, you know, I hadn't really been rocked super hard Mm -hmm. and this guy was unloading on me like completely, I wasn't defending myself in any way and it was really reassuring to know that like, oh, I can get my ass beat and get (laughs) super fucked up. And still be aware of what's going on, you know? Yeah. And granted, everybody at some point is going to get knocked out. It's just a matter of time, I think. But that was really cool for me to kind of experience that and be like, oh, that's okay. Like I can, you know, and had I been in better physical shape or had more training and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure I probably could have done something in that situation. But dude, it sucks. Like it's miserable to lose.
1: And that's something uh, through training, I... I want to make sure that I'm the best possible fighter po- walking in. Um, I want to like it's nine weeks out from my fight, and I'm training probably three to five hours every single day, um, and two of those are on my own, doing stuff on my own, making sure that I'm really going to be ready. And then that, and then when fight time comes, just knowing that I'm gonna put it all out there and like you said, being mentally strong. Um, even if you get tired, just know that you're not like you're not that tired. You've been training for this, so yeah. I I think just working hard and.
0: What kind of fighter do you want to be? Like, do you have a like an area that you want to? You know, when they throw up your bio and your this that or the other, do you have a like? Do you want to be known for your boxing? Do you want to be known for your jiu jitsu or? <laughs>
1: Um, so when I first started doing this, my grandma kept telling me, be a lover, not a fighter.
0: <laughs>
1: she still comments on like every single one of my Facebook posts like, no, <laughs> I don't like this. I was like, grandma, don't worry. If I get in the position to punch someone in the face or submit them, I'll just submit them. Um, but I don't know. Honestly, I, I always think about that because um, obviously I would think differently in a fight because she's probably trying to kill me. And I'm just trying to win. Just kidding. But uh, if I'm in a TKO position, like mounted on top of them and punching them, uh, I feel like it would. I would feel a little bad. But I think, uh, I mean, I would do it. <laughs> but I don't know. I really just want to be an all-around fighter. I want to be strong in every aspect. Um, I don't want to have to go into a fight and think I have to take her down because my jiu-jitsu is going to beat her. I want to be like, okay, uh, I can beat her standing up, and if she tries to take me down, then I can beat her on the ground too and kind of just be able to go with anything that happens and be strong in every area, I think is what type of fighter everyone wants to be. But,
0: <laughs> I want to be good at all of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I would. I think just obviously I, I love standing up and striking, and but I also, with his little last little bit i love like doing takedowns and obviously i love jujitsu so i don't know i think that'll develop more as i get more mma fights and kind of see where i'm stronger compared to the girls i'm facing
0: yeah um like women's mma has exploded in the last couple of years to where now it's i mean i look forward to watching the girls fight more than i do often uh the men's fights just Mm -hmm. because there's not a lot of great uh you know matchups anymore when it comes to the men there's still good fights but women's i mean like i said it's just exploded have you been able to like does it feel like that same way in like the smaller local um area do you know what i mean like is it is it kind of experiencing the same explosion you think on the big grand scale like with ufc and uh, bellator or is it still kind of slow do you find a lot of women training in mma
1: Uh, I, I don't think a lot of women are, but I think a lot of girls are young kids. I think a lot of young girls are starting to get into jujitsu and, um, getting, get into the sport itself. Um, but I do think it's not as frowned upon for women to do it. So I think women are more likely to go and start training MMA.
0: What would you tell them? Like if you've got some do you know what I mean? Some young teenage girl that's like, I don't know, I don't want to do that. It seems like something that only guys do or I don't want to get in the yeah. ring or in the cage or something like that.
1: Well, I think a, big, a lot of people think that combat sports combat sports are all combined. Like if you're, if you're going to go and learn how to box and you have to go and take a boxing match or if you're going to go and learn jiu-jitsu then you have to go to a tournament or, I mean, vice versa. Maybe you have to be an MMA fighter. But I think just training in the sport itself, I think every girl, like you said before, should know jiu-jitsu, should know a basic arm bar and a triangle from guard. Um, But I would say, like, it's more the community. Uh, It's going and learning new things. And if it's not for self-defense, it's exercise. It's um, something to get your mind off different things that are going wrong. I mean, just because you... go and practice boxing or you train jujitsu or uh muay thai it doesn't matter you don't have to take a fight Uh, (laughs) you can go train and you probably will never get punched in the face unless you want to spar so that's what i would say is just give it a shot um go go and practice and then if it's something that you end up loving then you can go ahead and take a fight or go to a tournament but I mean, I think that's a misconception that everyone thinks you have to compete if you're going to practice.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like at the end of the day, like there's no better workout than no. rolling for like 15 yeah. minutes straight. It's working your entire body and every, you know, tiny little muscle that you never use in regular everyday yeah. life. It just completely explodes everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I think at the end of the day, it's just that great fitness, right? The great oh, workout. Yeah, yeah. You said you're going to be a, a PE teacher? Yeah. How cool would it be if you could incorporate, you know, like we're gonna, today we're going to do jujitsu and everybody's <laughs> going to learn the triangle or whatever.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. I think there's a lot of uh, different legal stuff I'd have to go through for that to happen. But that's definitely uh, <laughs> long-term, I think. How would, cool would
0: that be if we started teaching be. that shit think, in school, right?
1: I think it should be taught. Um, but then again, if everyone knows how to do it, then it's not that effective if you do know how. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean long term I hopefully I can make a career out of MMA and then even if I make millions of dollars somehow from MMA I I still want to teach after it's all said and done I um, that's just something that I want to do I want to be a influence on high school high school kids and hopefully help them change their life around or you know make an impact on them and um, that's something that I'm gonna do regardless of how much money I make or uh, how far I go in the sport. I think, uh, obviously if I start going really far in the sport, I'll probably have to give it up for a little bit teaching, but something I'll definitely go back to.
0: You could always, I mean, you think about, there's plenty of fighters out there that still have their day job, right?
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, as of now for a while, yeah, that's gonna be okay. (laughs) But I mean, my plan is to get really big and, uh, go pro and start getting on big cards and uh, I want to be able to do both or at least give enough, as a, as much attention to teaching as I want
0: to. This fight that's coming up in August, is it an amateur fight?
1: Yeah. It's an amateur fight.
0: What are the, uh, like, tell me the stipulations in Utah when it comes to the differentiation or the differentiating between amateur and pro.
1: Yeah. So apparently there's no head kicks, which really made me upset because <laughs> I've been working on those so much. Um <laughs> Uh, pretty yeah. So jiu jitsu wise, only thing you can do is a straight knee bar or a straight heel lock um, on the legs. Pretty much everything goes on the
0: on the upper body. Yeah.
1: Um, boxing everything's the same. Kick no head kicks, no knees to the face, no elbows. Um, so if you're like in a ground and pound situation, you can't elbow them in the face. Um, yeah, those are the biggest ones.
0: Is there, do you have to have a certain number of like amateur fights before you can make the leap to pro or? So,
1: I mean, really anyone could just claim a pro title, but you're probably not going to get pro fights and you're probably going to get destroyed. Um, I had a coach tell me once that you should be able to get a belt as an amateur and then defend it. And then if you defend it, um, then you can go pro. And I think it's a little faster for females and males because they're. Um, isn't as many and I feel like, um, uh, so it kind of depends, but I could see myself going pro within a year or two, depending on how many amateur fights I do get. Cause they're harder to get uh, against females.
0: Yeah, that sucks. Like, you know, I mean, that's probably outside of, cause every state has something right now, right? Mm-hmm. You can fight everywhere. has got their little, you know, amateur bouts and things like that. Have you looked outside of Utah?
1: Yeah, I have, and uh, that's something. I, my first fight, uh, my coach Keith Asbury, he uh, wants me to do in state, and then I mean, after that, depending on like different opportunities, we'll we'll travel if we need to to get different fights. Um, make sure if I do when I do go pro, I think it'll be a lot because uh competition aspect just needing higher competition, but
0: that's exciting.
1: It is. It's crazy that I'm even talking about this right now.
0: <laughs> do you get super jazzed about it?
1: Yeah. It's funny. Cause if you would have asked me like November, what was that? Like seven, eight months ago, <laughs> if I was going to be doing MMA, i be like, no, <laughs> why would I do that? But, um, like I probably could have seen myself like doing a one boxing match or something, but, The fact that this has kind of changed the course of my life and, uh, where I kind of see myself going in the next 10 years, you know, is completely different than, uh, what I would have thought graduating college, you know?
0: So. It's exciting. Yeah. Like it's not the, it's not the generic, you know, (laughs) graduate from high school, go to college, come home from college. Get
1: married. Get
0: married. (laughs) You got three kids by the time you're 25 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not typical. Nope. (laughs) what's the thing that you um <clears throat> hate the most about fighting and training
1: i would say just getting smashed <laughs> by a big guy and then your freaking ribs are sore for uh forever i would say that's the most annoying thing it's just feeling so helpless and just like i think there was one time i am better at jiu-jitsu than this guy but he just uh, laid on me inside control and I got, I, that flip switch, I got so angry and I just tapped because I was like, this is stupid. And then I attacked him and then choked him, (laughs) 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 But, but I would say, yeah, that's, uh, when you have to roll against just a big guy who doesn't, I mean, it's usually the newer guys in their defense. They don't really understand the concept of like the flow and, uh, the fact that they could lay on you, but they're not going to move, they're not going to do anything just smashing you, um, and then the consequences, like having a sore rib, that's probably the most annoying part, uh, but that's where I've, when I've been taking care of my body better, that's not as common, as soon as uh, I start, I mean, I roll out every day now, and I think that's helped so much, and strengthened my core, but I would say at first, definitely, especially with jiu-jitsu, just the pain in your ribs if you're...
0: It's hard on your body.
1: Yeah, if you're on your back all the time, oh well, yeah.
0: Have you had any massive or crazy injuries up to this point or just little stuff?
1: Uh, just little stuff. I mean, um, all stuff that I've kind of still trained through. I don't know if I should have trained through <laughs> it, but I did anyways. Um, there was one time... Let's see, this was like after a month, two months of me training probably, and... I got smashed and I had four ribs pop out of place and uh, got them all put back in. I was just super sore. And I kind of been battling it and then it's finally healed up. So I kind of battled that for like three, four months. Uh, I probably wouldn't have had to battle it that long if I would have just took two weeks off. But I didn't want to do that. So, um, yeah, that's probably the only thing that That really bothered me. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, I don't think people realize if you've ever had anything wrong with your ribs, like, it makes everything miserable. Oh,
1: yeah. You can't sleep.
0: <laughs> you can't move. You can't sit up. You can't. Everything's horrible. You can't breathe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Shoot, I was going to ask you something else. Oh, my gosh. I hate when this happens every now and then. I'll have a question that pops into my head and then I lose it. Oh, this is what it was. Thank goodness it came back. So, I think one of the other things that's changed in the sport of MMA is how much people are looking at um, the effects of fighting and the effects of getting punched in the face repeatedly over and over and over again. And especially when it comes to concussions and traumatic brain injuries, yeah. is that something that you kind of think about, worry about taking into consideration?
1: I think, uh, my family worries about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, anyone, I kind of tell that I'm doing it, that's kind of their concern, but I mean, I'm being smart about it. I always use the example, like, uh, in boxing, for instance, If you get knocked out, you have an eight count to get back up, but I mean you have a concussion if you just got knocked out, you know. And that's where I like MMA better because as soon as you're knocked out or as soon as you're in a position to be knocked out, they stop the fight, especially at the amateur level. Um, It's the constant impact I think that people uh, misconceive when really when you're training you're not, uh, especially with MMA, you're not getting hit in the head every day. It's maybe a a once-a-week type thing, and even then it's not at full force. Um, So I think it's different. Back in the day when they didn't have, like, all that, uh, all the studies and whatnot, the boxers, they were sparring every single day. They were, uh, I mean, getting knocked down three times in a fight and getting back up, like, that, of course, is going to leave you with uh, issues. But I think... MMA is a lot different too cuz I mean the fight gets stopped. I mean even at the pro level if you're in a TKO position or as soon as you lose consciousness the fight stopped, which I think is smart. Um and I always said like in my boxing matches if I got knocked out I wouldn't have went back. I wouldn't have got back up because I I know that that's a second impact syndrome. Um and then again like you're at practice you're not getting hit in the head every day and this is something I try to explain to my because she is not <laughs> good with this but you're not getting hit in the head every day i mean um i mean you're rarely getting hit in the head and even in even in the fight like it's only especially at the amateur level the most you're going to fight is like nine minutes worth of fight time and um when you compare it to other sports like football i mean at practice they're constantly tackling and getting hit that's in my opinion a lot worse than taking a boxing match here and there.
0: Yeah. I think they say nowadays that it's like even um, like if you've ever played football, right, even on the like small scale of Mm -hmm. little league football as a kid or something like that or high school football, like you have had a concussion. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it's those varying grades of injury to your brain and Mm -hmm. all of that has massive effect over time
1: and i've had three from softball so
0: (laughs) so you're fucked anyway it doesn't matter
1: so far i've had zero from mma so uh if that kind of helps the misconception um yeah i've had zero and i've been practicing every day i've had three boxing matches and had zero i'm i i'm sure one day i'll have one uh obviously if i got knocked out that's probably a concussion but i mean playing softball i got some i think it's inevitable you could be walking down the street and get hit with a car or something i don't know (laughs) hopefully that doesn't happen to anyone (laughs) i mean it's uh if you think about it you only fight that's what i try to tell my family all the time you only fight every two months probably at the most and if that's the only time you're really getting exposed to that danger it's giving your uh brain enough time to recover to a point I know mean, obviously maybe it's going to have a little bit of an impact on you but with all the research that's been done I mean unless you're sparring every day and you're um getting up after you get knocked out and continue fighting like you're probably you're gonna be okay
0: <laughs> what's the uh, biggest misconception that you see uh, like when you talk to people whether it's your family or friends or just people in general the biggest misconception that they have about the sport
1: I would say that um between that and then, like, if you fight, then you're, uh, an angry person and you always want to fight with people, but I would say those two are the biggest misconceptions, um, I know that when people find out that I do this, they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're so nice, why would you, why would you want to punch people? But, uh, I don't, I would like, I don't know, I haven't met a lot of other female MMA fighters, um, but I know that, like, I know a couple, like, jiu-jitsu girls, and they do it for the sport. They don't do it to just beat up on someone. And I think that, uh, especially at the higher, at, like, the pro level, I think a lot of people do it. A lot of females do it for the sport rather than to just beat up on someone. I think you probably have a few amateur <laughs> MMA fighters who are just doing it to get in a fight. Um, that's inevitable. But, yeah. I don't know I would say just because I train MMA doesn't mean that I want to fight you and like on the side of the street
0: <laughs> I think one of the other things that people aren't aware of especially if they're not like I mean, I, there's a lot of people that obviously don't follow MMA that are interested in it or anything like that. Or they maybe have some understanding of like, oh yeah, that thing's out there and it exists. But I think one of the things that they don't realize or that they don't think about is not just how much training's involved and how it's, you know, looked at by the people that participate in it. Because it's not Mm -hmm. people that are just assholes looking to beat each other up. um, That it's very much a a sport and a high level sport that takes massive amounts of training and skill set. But I think they also don't understand, like talk to me about weight cutting. And how incredibly shitty that is.
1: Yeah. So, because
0: um, what, 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 first off, what class do you fight at? What weight?
1: <laughs> so, I just fought at 135, but when I took the fight, I was like walking around 160s, totally out of shape. <laughs> um, not because I wasn't training, but because I wasn't eating healthy. <laughs> so, I took the fight and I dropped weight super healthy. Um, uh, with my knowledge, I was able to eat the right things and I was able to get down. And uh, the day before, I was seven pounds over, what I was supposed to weigh in at. And I was like, holy cow, this is going to suck. And I'm just worried. And my coach, Keith Asbury, like, Jocelyn, you're right where you need to be. We're good. He's, like, kind of coached me through it, uh, started drinking distilled water. And um, the night before, um, my opponent actually was talking because she was giving up, like, 10 pounds for the fight and she was talking crap saying like i'm like if i win i don't deserve it so i uh was like i'm gonna cut down to 125 so i went to i went to Boston, and i like about two pounds and i was like i'm not doing this i'm just gonna i'm just gonna make weight what i need to and the next morning i woke up and i was only three pounds over and it's like oh this is gonna be so easy uh, I went to the women's kickboxing class and I was like, I'll totally lose it there. Put on a sauna suit. I was drenched in sweat and after I uh, dry off and Keith is like, okay, hey, let's weigh in. And I weigh in and I'm a half pound over. It was miserable. I almost started bawling. <laughs> like, I was like, Are you freaking kidding me? I just want to eat. I just want to drink water. Um, and then he's like, it's okay. This is this is not a big deal. It's a half pound. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is miserable. And I had a uh, another half hour and then I weighed in a pound under but holy cow it was I think next time it will, I'll be more mentally prepared for it and I think the whole uh, I got in my head I was like I need a, I'm going to cut an extra 10 pounds a day before which <laughs> would have been really bad but I didn't do it and so my next fight I'm fighting at uh, I mean depending on who they find I'm going to fight anywhere from 120 to 135 Right now I'm walking around like 138 and hopefully I'll lose a little bit more uh, body fat and then just make that weight cut super easy.
0: Yeah, that'll be a lot easier than going from 160 to 135. Yeah, yeah. And see, that's one thing I don't think people realize. And like I've never had to cut weight luckily because when I did fight I was just heavyweight so I didn't even have to worry about cutting (laughs) weight. But it's miserable I hear. Like just that process of trying to shed all that water weight right at the end of the day.
1: Well, and I think too. I did it, I did it in a way that uh, was healthy. I think.
0: uh, Is there a healthy way to cut weight though? Well,
1: realistically, a lot of people probably would have cut majority of that water weight. Um, I only had uh, i I've read a lot of studies on this, being uh, getting my master's in sports nutrition and whatnot. And as long as you're within like ten pounds a week before it's not you're able to restore your glycogen stores and you're able to restore your hydration especially day before weigh-ins if it's same day then they say like five pounds um but and then again with mma it's not like wrestling in high school they have to weigh in every week you know they probably realistically want to be around that same weight and maybe just cut like three to five pounds but with MMA, I mean, you're only fighting every two months. You have a whole week to cut weight. And that whole week, you're not really uh, training too much. So you don't need the same amount of energy stores. And um, But yeah, I mean, I cut a lot of body fat. And I got down. I lost two pounds a week. You know exactly how you're supposed to. And that's what made it easy. And I think a lot of times, uh, as long as you're fighting at like a lean weight... I think you're going to be fine, especially at the amateur level. Uh, I wouldn't be afraid to fight someone at 135, even though I could easily make 125, just because um, I'm pretty strong for my weight and for being a good girl, and I don't think that someone's going to outmatch that. I think the only thing I'd be worried about too much is if they had a bunch of reach on me, but MMA is different. I could just take them down. Yeah, that's true. So
0: so tell me what else. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Give me your, like, not just where you see yourself, like in two years, but like paint the beautiful, perfect picture of in two years. Yeah. Where you want to be in two years, what you want to be doing, how you want to, uh, because I I love the fact that you talked about earlier how you want to use, you know, as you continue to rise in the sport, how you want to use that as a platform in a way. So to reach out and to help people, right? Yeah. So show me what that looks like two years from now.
1: (laughs) two years from now so uh hopefully about a year from now I start looking at going pro uh, get my pro title um keep growing my social media keep uh, being a good influence that way and then have a couple pro fights two years from now hopefully and then I mean expanding on that I hope in three years being on a big card and kind of making a name for myself and uh, something I always say too is I never want to leave people who helped me behind um, right now I have two sponsorships which is kind of funny because I haven't had an MMA fight yet <laughs> but I've had boxing matches and I have uh, one sponsorship I have battle fight gear and they are awesome they're so motivating they're always uh sending me uh my good jobs and we're proud of you and they uh send me some gear and they are gonna provide my MMA shorts and sports bra for this uh, upcoming fight. They they gave me some boxing shorts for my last one. And then the Surge Kings, they're paying for my monthly dues uh, to train. And I can't afford that right now. And so um, even when I do get big like that, just remembering them and uh, hopefully having them by my side uh, still, maybe making Jossie J shirts, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, selling them. Um, but, and then again, like, training partners and coaches and people that have helped me I'll never forget them and then hopefully when I get big and I get my name on one of those big cards it'll all be worth it and uh I think it will be worth it even if I don't but um yeah and then I think that's when I can start really being a greater influence and um kind of reaching out and making a bigger impact on the world
0: yeah so what's the best way for people to follow you if they want to? First off, tell me again, the fight's August what? 3rd. August 3rd. Yeah. Where is it going to be at?
1: Uh, Salt Lake uh, through Steel Fist. I'm not really sure what event center yet. But, yeah, that's when it'll be. And then my Instagram is probably I where I'm most active, and that's JossieJMMA. Um and then I have a fan page on Facebook as well, which is the same.
0: Very cool. We've got a lot of listeners here in Utah, especially like in the Salt Lake area, yeah. Valley and things like that. So awesome. August 3rd, they can come check you out and yeah, watch you kick somebody's awesome. ass. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jocelyn. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And, and that's it. We're all done. <laughs> We're done. It's not too bad, right? There
1: we go. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? You know, I always, I'm not afraid to try new things. I walk through a dark alley alone because I feel like I'm a weapon, there's always something new to learn. So that's what's kind of funny about me is I don't really, I'm afraid to get hurt. You're so nice. Why would you, why would you want to punch people?